I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right, all right, all right, all right, let's go. Uh, this is the Abundant Beans Podcast. I am Jamie O'Kane, owner of Abundant Beans Tax and Accounting. We just rebranded. Um, and we create confidence for our clients um, that their taxes and accounting are working for them and not against them. Today, we have Clint uh, Rudolph from Excite, the Excite Group. Um, it's a digital marketing agency based in Denver. The Excite Group is a Google certified full service digital marketing agency. And honestly, that always sounds like voodoo to me. So I'm going to have you break it down for us. We talked to a lot of marketing people in here and I'm still not sure I understand how it works. Mm -hmm. um, and he's an industry that's constantly evolving. And I love where you say it's both art and science. Marketing is art and science. Yeah, all that left brain, right brain. Yeah. Excite strives to stay on the front end of his of this evolution and keep their clients not only ahead of their competitors, but also ahead of their consumers. Excite takes a holistic look at all available data and pays close attention to consumer behaviors. In today's multi-device, always connected world in order to keep their client's website and company in front of their audience when they need them. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy you're finally here. I know. It's been a while. <laughs> so we're both so busy. <laughs> I actually looked back and I was like, yeah, Clint and I first talked in September 2019. Right. Hey, we did less than two years. We're good. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I get it. You're busy and you're doing this as well as your company like I do. And I have three other podcasts. It's like trying to juggle that, plan for it and edit and produce and distribute. And then, oh, wait, I have a family. Did my kids eat dinner yet? <laughs> right. Oh, wait, do I have to go pick somebody up from school? Right right. It's time to get some school. And speaking of, my daughter has a spelling bee today and I don't know what time I'm supposed to pick her up. So oh. if, if my phone rings. Right. Uh, okay. You have to run. I'll know why. <laughs> I don't have to run. It doesn't start until like three, but you know, they might call me to tell me what time to get her. I don't. And she's at a new school too. So like half the procedures are like completely confusing to me. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Cool. I'm assuming you'll call me if she needs to get picked up at some point. Right, right. <laughs> um, all right, Clint. Uh, what was your first job? My first job. Hmm. So my very first job, I was a bus boy at Village Inn. That was my first job. I was, I had to get a work permit. I was 13 and a half. Back then you could get a work permit if you were under 15 and you know, there were restrictions for how many hours a day and that kind of thing. But I really, really wanted this new set of golf clubs. And my dad's like, get a job. So that's what I did. I love it. Like 16 years later, I left, uh, not really, but I was a senior in high school. And at that point I was an associate general manager. <laughs> And they were going to pay for my college. And it was great. I mean, I moved up. I did everything in the restaurant from cooking to dishwashing to waiting to cash register, everything. And my last job was associate GM. And I literally woke up and went, am I literally going to wake up at six o'clock in the morning for the rest of my life and go to Village Inn? And deal with restaurant personalities, right? I'm, like I'm not, I'm not. I'm out of here. So I left and went to college. <laughs> right. I worked... 
the lifer. Yeah. My, my background, I have a lot of restaurant in my background as well from country clubs to like burrito places. Yeah. Um, and it's an actor, 17 years, a professional actor. There's always lots of restaurants and bartending in your resume. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so give us the cliff notes on your career journey. Cliff notes. So <clears throat> I got an, out of college. I got an internship. I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. So I had several degrees and kept going back to school. and was like, yeah, I don't want to grow up. Um, when I finally did, I had an internship at Google and uh, I was in California and I was like, oh man, I'm in California. I'm 20 years old. And part of my degree and passion was doing theater. I'm like, if I'm in California, like if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Hindsight, I don't regret it, but I'd probably be retired with lots of money because of the Google stock options I'd have for having in the first 300 employees or whatever it was. Uh, but I opted not to move the internship to full time and left. And then I was a professional actor for 17 years. I did theater and, and I did some film and, and uh, had a crazy life with that. It was awesome. It was back in the days before we had these little things that told us everything. And I remember like, waking up you'd have to like it's back in the day where they'd shove the the newspaper under your door in the hotel and that's literally being on the road so long you're like where the hell am i oh shit we're in cleveland for nine weeks but, but that's literally how you would remember where you were because it was always traveling it was awesome i did the original uh pilot for home improvement with tim allen mm -hmm. um but it was so successful the kids started in high school and they're like, oh, no, 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 this show's going to last a lot longer than that. So when they bought it, they're like, the kids are going to be babies. I'm like, really? <laughs> then I got to film in a feature film. It was going to be my first star on the big screen. I played a kid who was a wrestler who got in a fight with the wrestling coach because he was abusing his daughter. And 9-11 happened and the actual film in the can was in the towers. Oh, no. Yeah. So that never happened. <laughs> But just crazy, right? Crazy life. And, and why I even share those things is while it's crazy, it's not like a woe is me. Like it absolutely prepared me for what I do now. Yeah. Being in the internet industry and having things change. Literally, probably why we've been talking, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so those things prepared me for that. Theater prepared me for the hearing no more times than you'll ever hear yes. And having stuff just ripped out from under you that was not in anyone's control. So I love that I had those experiences. Yeah, it all sets us up somehow, right? Like yeah. those those backgrounds help us somehow in business. And I always say like the restaurant stuff, they teach that teaches you how to be an entrepreneur. And how to be able to deal with different personalities. Yeah. Different personalities, trying to like anticipate what people want and what people need and like, you know, making sure you're on top of stuff. Um, you know, really being a server is you know, hugely entrepreneurial. Um, it's you, it, it prepares you for everything, right? Like one of the big things for me as a marketing agency and as a, as a life career loving marketing, but it applies to every business is it always starts with audience. Who's your audience and knowing how to read them. And that's stuff that you learn in a restaurant. This person's going to be chatty Kathy. This person's the one who just wants you to bring their coffee and their toast and shut the hell up. And right? keep full. Like, that. well, and then you also learn like, what is the baseline? Like, what is like baseline service? And mine's always like, if the waters are full and the table is clean, most people are usually happy. Like, you know how to like give people like just, you know, basic proper service to get that basic 
tip, right? And so if it's like above and beyond, you get more or whatever, or like some people are just blown away by the fact that you fill up their waters. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone has different expectations. Right. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> <laughs> but mine's always just like, if my water's full, you're good. Right. If yeah. I don't have to push you down for my check and my waters are full, we're going to be awesome. <laughs> it's 20%. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So um, talk about how the Excite Group came, came about. Um, it's kind of an interesting story um, that you told me. And I vaguely remember it being an interesting story. You know, it was almost two years ago. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was working. So after doing theater, um, I realized I got married and, and my wife, we had our first child um, and I was on the road. And, you know, the only way to make money in theater and as an actor is to be gone, right? Like, you're not going to get work, consistent work in any city for an extended period of time. Just people who are lucky enough to do that count their blessings because it doesn't happen. I was fortunate enough to do it here in Denver for six and a half years. I was in one show at the Denver Center that ran for six and a half years. So I didn't have to go anywhere. And that Which was- show is that? I love you, your perfect now change. Oh, okay. I wondered. Yeah. The longest running show in Denver history. I thought so. Uh, it was it was incredible opportunity. But after that closed, it was like, now what? Go back out on the road. So I went out on the road with Adrian's Med and I was doing my way. Uh, Frank Sinatra, I was young Frank Sinatra. He was old Frank Sinatra. And so just travel, right? All the time in different shows, whatever. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like dad and husband do not equal one weekend home a month. And that's it. There's no holidays off, right? It's a before COVID, <laughs> theater goers were huge on the holidays. Those were big days. So you weren't getting Christmas off. You weren't getting any holiday off. Um, so I was like, I got to go back, do something else. So I came back to Colorado and I, uh, some friends of mine were like, hey, uh, there's a job opening and the yellow page industry in Denver. And it was people that I'd known at Google who were trying to work on with yellow page industry on getting some digital advertising going. So that's what I did. And I worked there uh, with my current business partners for a number of years. And it was a nightmare. It was back before Google was still <clears throat> not as big. And so you had this, you know, Verizon is who we worked for. And Verizon thought they were a bigger brand. And they're like, we don't have to cater to what these guys say. And it was just this constant battle of, you know, who's going to win. And basically, I equate it to if you're trying to do the right thing for a client online, when you have a giant corporation like that, it's like trying to get the Titanic to do a U-turn. It's going to take eight weeks. Lots of procedures and several lawyers and attorneys have to go, okay, yeah, we'll agree to that or whatever. And it, we were killing our clients. We were killing them. And so me and, and two of my partners sat down one day at lunch and said, we're not going to get big. We're not going to get rich, but we can do better. And that started our plan to create Excite. And that was... 11 years ago. Um, so yeah, we started with four or five of us. We thought we would be a little paperclip company. That's what we were good at. Um, that was my background. That's what we knew. And, uh, and so that's what we did. And now 11 years later, we have 30 plus employees and we do everything. <laughs> so not what I thought it was going to be, but uh, it's been, it's been awesome. And you know, that art and science that you talked about is exactly why I'm, I love it. And I'm passionate. I don't get to theater anymore. I still sing a little bit. I did the Jersey Boys for a while. So I still have a group that I do. I perform the jerseys with now and again mm -hmm. before 
the pandemic, but uh, hopefully we'll get back to that. But it fulfilled the art side of my brain because marketing is so cool that you can, it is science and I love numbers and I love data, but you have to have the artistic and you have to have the creative side. And it's not just about creating a beautiful ad. The entire strategy has to be artistic and wholesome as well. So um, that's why I love it. I get to speak. I still perform, you know, I do a bunch of keynotes, but it's still something I'm really passionate about. So I get to perform, but I get to talk about things that I really love. So it's been an incredible journey and I, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love how you say it's, you know, it's art and science or it's data and creativity. Cause that's how I feel about tax planning. Like you, you've seen me light up about tax plan- planning, but it really is like, we're the only thing I've ever seen get excited. <laughs> Usually they're like, Yes. Okay. It's like the Ferris Bueller. Bueller. Well, and the thing, the thing is, is that I get to take numbers, right. And apply them to somebody's like goals and plan, like in life. Right. So we are taking like the data, just like you were saying, and we're providing, we're creating like it, how we have to be creative to get people to their goals. Right. So we get to take the data, we get to use the tax code or whatever, and we get to create a plan for people to get somewhere. And that, that does, I I have to be creative because there's no like template for like, okay, so this person is a real estate agent and they're 20 years old and they want to be, you know, and they want five rentals and they're going to have two kids that they're going to want to pay. And like, you know, like no tax, I always always say no taxation, every tax situation is its own little special snowflake because we're dealing with people. 100%. You know, and sometimes they've got partners and sometimes, you know, whatever, but we're looking at their tax situation. We're saying, okay, well, but where do you want to go? You know, what do you want to do? What's your objective? Yeah. Do you want to, oh, well, we want to, you know, do commercial real estate and then also, you know, have some partners come on and whatever. I just did this with a law, with a law firm. And I'm like, okay, let me figure out how to save you tax and get you there. Right. And that's where the, the impact comes in. Right. So it's not just database and it's not just today based. It's future-based. Yeah. And we have to be creative to get to the future. 100%. Or at least know where that is or what that might look like. <laughs> Point ourselves in the right direction, right? Yeah. But it is it is creative and data. It is that left brain, right brain. And I think that's why it's so fulfilling also for me because I am both of those things. I'm left brain and right brain. People are always like, you're an account. You must be totally left brain. I'm like, um, you should see some of the stuff I knit. I just started knitting during the pandemic. I'm extremely creative. <laughs> Big bread, you've knitted. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So, yeah, I love that. You know, really, when we have those two things, those both, you know, maybe you need somebody else because you are completely different to like do some of the creative stuff. But when we do that, that's when we create that impact, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not just like taking the data. That's when it's fun for clients. You know, that's kind of full circle to what I said in the beginning. I love when people say at the end, "What do you do?" Right? I don't want a client who's like. I really would like to do some Facebook ads. I've heard that's cool. Like, no, that's, you're thinking about it wrong. Like, let's have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> where you, do you want to go? What are your business objectives? Yeah. Who the hell is your audience? Well, you know, people who need plumbing. No, that's not who your audience is. Stop. You know, but that's the fun where a lot of people in my industry are very similar to yours, where it's like, okay, you want pay-per-click. We're going to be very efficient at it. This is how it's going to work. And they're done. Right. And mm-hmm. And that's why I think most marketing agencies fall on their ass a little bit and have really high turnover. We're, we're historically an industry that has huge turnover. Mm-hmm. People hire and fire marketing agencies like switching coffee. Um, and one of the things we've tried to do is build true partnerships with our clients. Mm-hmm. It's not a 
function of, I want to check the box and say, this is the objective I'm doing for you. I want to tell you no, if it's not right for you, I want to help you figure out what is best for you. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that, that's where that fulfillment and impact come. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, our business model is similar. Um, and that's, and that's, what's fun, you know, like being able to have like positive impact, but also like, also if somebody comes to me and they're like, so I'm thinking about doing this and I'm like, that is completely incongruent with everything you've ever told me. So tell me if things are changing or if you want me to just tell you, no. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the reason that you're thinking of doing this? Let's talk. Yeah. About <laughs> you know, like, are you just real tired of being a business owner today? <laughs> And you think this is the solution? Absolutely. Because believe me, I have been there. I'm there a lot. We all are <laughs> as business owners, right? And it's yeah. like, you know, let me talk you out of this or, you know, really, and I'm sure you too, but like we do therapy. Yeah. You oh. know? <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. Tell me what's going on. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good idea. If someone mm -hmm. don't tell me this, there's the problem. <laughs> Right. No, I'm the shiny penny in the bottom of the pond. Let's do that. <laughs> think about this. So, um, so tell me some, what have, what have been some of the greatest challenges for Excite and for business ownership for you? Hmm. Probably the biggest challenge is scaling our purpose. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it does. So, you start to find like, okay, well, we need this position that we never had before, right? And one of the things that we've worked really hard at is trying to define something we call the engine, which is literally looking for 10 years from now, whatever happens to Excite, if we grow to X, if we get X number of clients, what are things that we're going to have to do differently? What positions what might we have to hire for that we don't currently have? What jobs and responsibilities would we want if we were a $30 million company, right? Mm -hmm. we had 5,000 clients, whatever that looks like. And so this is a document that sort of at the front end of it is our mission, what, what we care about, why we exist. And at the back end of it is what are our job titles? What, what are positions that we probably should have even now that we don't because we don't, we don't have the revenue for it or it's not something we want to spend. So marketing manager is one of them, right? We don't have an office manager. One of our partners does all of our HR, does all of our payroll, does all of the sort of HR duties. Well, that's great, but that's not scalable at some point. So we've had to define these things that we may be missing so that as we grow and as things happen, we know, but that's the part that we didn't, you know, for seven and a half years that didn't exist. We were literally flying by the seat of our pants going, uh, uh, you have 30 clients now. So I guess we need to go hire another account manager. All right, let's find one. You know, like, uh, how do you tell somebody every ounce and inject with them the passion that is what, why Excite exists mm -hmm. in a brand new employee? It's really difficult, especially in our industry. I cannot tell you, I'm sure it's the same in yours because of finances and numbers. Mm -hmm. There are so many bad habits. Mm. And it, we made the mistake of hiring people with experience and it took me three times as long to break what they were doing wrong and how they were not communicating. <laughs> Bless me. Sorry. Bless you. You're fine. Um, how they were communicating, not the way that we would like. I shouldn't say wrong. There's no wrong or right, but not the way that represented Excite in the correct way, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. So trying to create this culture that lived in the four of our heads when we created it was impossible. And, and we thought we could hold on to that forever. And so what we 
quickly found out is like, look, culture starts with us, but it has to be a living, breathing thing among our group. And so how do we create that? And so we just created some really simple um, mission type statements. I hate calling it a mission or a manifesto, but you know, things like excites purpose is to create a customer. At the end of the day, I have to create revenue if all of us are going to have a job and be able to live the life we want. Mm -hmm. Right. But one of the things that we did is we said our differentiator is that we value customer success over revenue. Hundred percent of the time, we value knowledge and education over selling. Hundred percent of the time, right? So those two phrases kind of guide what everyone does. And if somebody doesn't believe in education and knowledge over selling, then they're not a good fit for us, right? There are marketing agencies who just have door knockers and cold callers, and their job is to get as many leads as they can. It's not who Excite is. We're really picky about who we choose to do business with. Mm -hmm. So creating those helped us at least guide who it was that we wanted to infuse our culture with. And that was by far the hardest. Those are things you can't learn. I don't care. You went to business school. You've owned 30 business. Like until you actually do it, it's not something I can teach you. That's, and that's mindset stuff, right? You can't fix somebody's mindset. Yeah. Right? And if you hire the wrong mindset, like I had, I had a tax preparer in here that was like super scarcity mindset. And I was like, I can't live this life with you. Like, yeah. oh my God. She's like, oh yeah, well I did this thing like totally backwards. Cause I didn't want to like charge for another return. And I'm like, it was 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Save me your three hours. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's just, you know, that's not something that can be, I, I can't undo that in somebody's brain. Right. It, you can't. And we just took it for granted that like, oh yeah, when we get there and we need to hire, we always wanted to be ahead of like, oh, okay, crap. Now it's time to grow. Hire another web developer in case we get more customers. Right. right. And so we find people to fill seats, but we had no idea what it was doing to our company and to our culture until one day we were like, oh shit, we have a problem. We, we have a big problem. There are people here who aren't getting along and there are people here who just, they're not what we want them to be and we weren't paying attention to it. We had no idea. We just assumed those things would happen, right? Like, don't you see why I love doing this? Just act like me, you'll be fine. That, that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, and then so that makes it, you know, it's not anyone's fault. We're, hmm. we're different, you know, it's right, wrong, or indifferent, we are different in our industry. And so we had to come to terms with what that meant and what that looked like for us. Yeah. I kept trying to hire tax preparers. Like I just kept trying to do that and it just never worked. And I finally, one of my coaches like, just hire a practice manager, Jamie. You need a practice manager to handle some of this other stuff so that you could do the tax returns because you're the one who cares how they get done and how technically correct they are. <laughs> you know, like that's you. It'll save you thousands of hours. Right. Yeah. And so I'm looking at taxis and this, they're like, don't know how long this is all going to take, but well, I guess we'll get it done, <laughs> you know? And now we're trying to hire a practice manager because I just need somebody to take this other stuff, you know, that needs to happen so that yeah. I can work on the technical stuff. Cause that's really what I'm good at. Yeah. Well, that's what blessing, like some people are like, you have four partners. How in the hell does that, you will not make it. Like there's no way in hell five people are going to agree on owning a business. No way. Mm -hmm. And what's beautiful and how we've been blessed is that we've made it because all of us love different things. So none of us are in the same swim lane trying to fight. We're all running a relay. You know, we're not racing each other. We're running a relay. And that's what makes it incredible is, is 
you know, Ryan loves sort of finances and billing mm-hmm. and all of that, that I would have, you know, he does all of my QuickBooks and all that stuff. I'm like, I would never want, no way in hell could I do that. So if I had to own the company by myself and these were all things I had to do, no, thank you. I need to be in the business. I need to be passionate about what's happening in the industry, what changes Google made today. So our team's prepared to know how to communicate that to clients. That's where I want to live. And if I had to be pushed other ways, I would not be successful. So we've been lucky that way. I really love because when we first met, you're like, yeah, I have four other partners. And I was like, oh, how does that go? You know, because I see partnerships implode all the time on my end, right? Or people are like, I'm going to start a partnership with this person. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like very concerned about them, right? Because it really, it's a marriage. Everyone said it to us. They're like, you guys, I'll give you two years. <laughs> you know, because we've seen the other side, right? And so I find the way that you guys all work together very fascinating. Um, yeah. Because you guys are. It's been fun and crazy and it has its own challenges, certainly, but because none of us really fight over the type of thing we want to do for the company, it was mm-hmm. perfect. You know, um, Mike it's Pappy. So rare. It's just Mike, so rare. The sales and optimization uh, uh, organization guy. He's the spreadsheet guy. He works on our processes. He makes sure that the machine behind the scenes of Excite is humming. How do we make sure that when we did onboard a new client, we follow the right steps so nothing gets dry? He's the guy who loves that. He can do anything with a spreadsheet and, and, and on the planet. It, organizational management, not something I could give four shits about, right? So our, my other partner, Mike Claybon, is passionate about helping the sales team, being in charge of revenue, right? I'm not training salespeople. I'm a really good salesman, but that's because I'm not a salesman. So trying to train that to other people would be difficult. And so he's amazing at it. And funny enough, through all of this process, kind of back to what we were talking about before with what was one of the biggest challenges, mm-hmm. we made the decision that we are not, we have not hired in almost 10 years, a little over nine years now, anyone with experience. Ooh, that's hard. We take smart people who've done other things and it works well because I don't have to break bad habits. I don't have to, you know, the marketing industry, to your point, you said, I get lots of marketing people on here and I don't know if I really understand what the hell you people do, right? <laughs> voodoo. It is like voodoo or the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? And, and so everyone has their own opinion about what marketing is and should be. And for us to be successful, we have to do it the Excite way because we know it works and it's proven with the types of clients that we work with. It won't work for everybody, but it works with the types of clients we choose to do business with. So it was way better for us to hire people who did not have experience. Like our entire account management team outside of one has never sold anything in their life. They're not salespeople. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I don't want them to be salespeople. I don't want it to be schmaltzy. I want you to understand how to best help your client value their success over our revenue, value knowledge and education over selling, and we're going to be fine. So. <laughs> it's, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, so we're hiring a practice manager and um, we were putting this job description together. And my, I was working with my VA, Emily, who does the podcast stuff for us. And uh, she was like, well, what do you want for education? And I was like, I don't care. She's like, what about prior experience in a firm? I'm like, also don't care. Like I want somebody who is a pit bull who will guard the door of the, of the office so I can get stuff done for me, get stuff done, you know, 
and then handle some of this processes and systems stuff that needs to really, somebody just needs to come in and tell me to stop with the shiny apps, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like that's what's important. <laughs> I don't care if they have 20 degrees. I don't care if they have no degrees. What is their personality type and can they handle me? Yep, absolutely. That's all that matters. Now good luck and go find them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a lot, it's hard to hire somebody who's even more than that. <laughs> <Don't say. laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you have that problem as well. No, no. I'm very quiet. I don't have a loud voice. I don't have a big personality. I'm just easy going. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty easy going, but it's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, I have my, I, I don't, I, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I, I gave birth to my mini me and I didn't realize how much I was until I had that one. And uh-huh. now there's two of us. <laughs> oh, your poor husband. <laughs> and my son. They just hide. They hide a lot. <laughs> Let's lock ourselves in the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my son will just like disappear. And I'm like, are you okay, buddy? He's like, mm-hmm. are you done now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just need a minute. Yeah. So let's talk about some of, I think you kind of just did this, but kind of talk about some of Excite's greatest successes. Oh man. Excite's greatest successes. Um, I mean, the partnership still works. Right. I would say that the thing that I am most proud of is our people. Mm-hmm. They're our number one asset. Marketing's funny uh, in that everyone wants to talk about their technology stack and everyone wants to talk about their thing. We have a process for this and this is automated and this will be so much better for you. And for us, none of that matters, right? Everyone has software. Everyone has opinions about how a process should go. Um, For us, it's about our people and them actually caring about the success of their client. And that's, that's what I'm most proud of. You know, um, we, we are trying to foster a, a culture of respect and accountability and trust not only internally, but with our clients. And so what's cool about that is that when, you know, we have moments where an account manager will come to an internal team and, you know, not bring them to the mat in a bad way, but kind of call them out on, are we doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. This is what we're seeing with the client. Is this the right thing? And that's what I love. I'm most proud of, of, of our people and, and what we've created with that group. That's, that's probably our greatest success. Because of that, we've, we've been very successful in lots of ways. We're, you know, stupid award things. Yeah, we have those, but I'm not. Those, great, cool. I got picked for Denver's best marketing agency 2019. Okay. Like, it's just a badge. There's a million of them, right? It's like the car, you know, Forbes picking this and it's, at some point you're paying for it somehow anyway, right? Yeah. Like it's not a real thing. I you feel know? like all of those are like personality contests anyway, you know. That's vanity bullshit, you know, yeah. and those things I don't care about. My biggest successes are clients that we've grown and they're now living what they want to be doing. Their business is successful or we've helped them navigate the pandemic or those are the things I care about. So, but I, answer your question short, I think it's what we've built here. Mm-hmm. And we're not perfect. We got a long way to go. But I would still say that our people are the number one thing that I'm proudest of. I love how, you know, you know, in that answer, it's like our account managers advocate for the client and will go to bat with other people within internally to make sure that things are moving in the way it needs to, that it needs to for the client. And then that moves everybody towards the client, right? 
I mean, that's a big problem in our agent, in, in our industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times your client, I'm doing pay-per-click for you because somebody told you that's what you should be doing to find more CPA clients. And we go, cool, I'm running your pay-per-click. Hey, Jimmy, you got 47 clicks, uh, three phone calls, and you spent $5,000. And it's kind of, and you're like, great. First of all, what's a click again? What do you, you know, like people just talk about these KPIs. And, and I don't want the phone calls. Please don't call me. <laughs> don't call me. But at the end of the day, like there, it's it's kind of like an order taker. And then I spit back a report to you, and you're like, "Cool, don't get it." Does that but, mean right? So, did I get any business or not? Did you, you know? convert me business or not? <laughs> at the end of the day, that's all people care about. Do you care where you get it from? If I told you you should be in Facebook instead of Google, you'd go, "Don't care," right? So- I, I do know my niche is on Facebook, so I will care about that because I just know where they are because I've done that work. But that's it. Most people don't know that. Don't know where that is. Where I push back on is this. When people identify who their audience is, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times we think in of our audience in terms of demographics, Mm -hmm. age, gender, career, location, education level, bullshit. Doesn't matter. You can tell me that's who your customer is. I don't believe you. I want to see it. Right. And a a perfect example of that. We had a client who runs a river rafting company Mm -hmm. and in analyzing their analytics, looking at the profile of who they said they were. First of all, they said that it was men Mm -hmm. in their 30s who made the decisions. I said, Mm -hmm. okay, well, let's check that out. I mean, kind of makes sense. Right. Outdoor adventure, river rafting. Okay, kind of get it. Come to find out that the number one group that showed interest in them were foodies and do-it-yourself chefs. What? (laughs) So we created an entire campaign where on the pages of their trips, and so one of their things was they offer lodging. You get these cool old rustic cabins that you can stay in while you're on the river. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And and, uh, long story short, I could talk about it forever. On the pages of the cabins, we would do cooking videos of one of the women who owns the company. Um, Her and her husband own it, and now their daughter and her husband are kind of taking it over. So grandma Mm -hmm. would literally cook inside the kitchen in whatever cabin we were doing it on, and she would show a local recipe of ponca, right? And people ate it up. We didn't put it out there like in YouTube. It wasn't like we were using that video to pay like a commercial. It was just content on the page and it converted ridiculously. And so you'd go, all right, you could tell me where your audience is. I don't really care. That's so right? cool. I want to know what their need is. What is driving them? All of, your, all of your competitors are going, my audience is this demographic. They're on Facebook. Or if they're young, they're on TikTok, or Snapchat. Or if they're old, we should be on Bing. At the end of the day, you don't care. Everyone's doing that. We have to figure out how to really understand who your audience is through psychographic, all other things. And so the channel, the lever that I pull mm-hmm. shouldn't matter to you ever. That's really cool. Because I'll tell you something. Your audience is on Google. None of us get away from asking the Google questions. Nope. Now, that doesn't mean the pay-per-click is right for you. Maybe not. But everyone is everywhere today. Right? The old That's days true. Oh, my demographic is in this place. 
Facebook may work really well for a certain campaign for a certain target of yours, mm -hmm. but people who would choose to do business with you are everywhere. So that's what we need to figure out. Then we'll go figure out which lever to pull to find them. Yeah, that's what yeah. I love. And that's where I think there's a lot of turnover in our industry because people become order takers. And just like you, I want to slap your hand and tell you no. I love it. Do right? it. Like, go, Clint, I have $557 and I want to run this campaign on the Facebook because I think my girlfriend's told me it's good. And I'm going to go, Jamie, hold out your hand. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is when when um, I'm actually working with a marketing company right now. He's like, what's your budget? And I was like, what does it need to be? My favorite. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I abhor that question. I do too. I don't ask that question. I tell people what my minimum is. Right. It, you, if you start a marketing conversation with what's your budget, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> right. Like that's what I love. Again, going back to what I love to hear at the end of a conversation with somebody yeah. you do exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. I want to have a conversation where all I care about is figuring out what it is that you are really trying to do. What are your business objectives. And my favorite is people are like, well, I want more customers. I want more revenue. No. What is your business objective? Right? What is that going to get you? What is it going to get you? Talk to me about revenue. Talk to me about what goals do you have? If you don't have a revenue goal, cool. Talk to me about the type of client who's most profitable for you. Or if it's not about profit, who's the one you really want to work with? Just saying, I want more revenue. I want more customers. That conversation has to stop, right? For us, the first thing that I say, marketing has to do two things. It has to leverage your existing audience and then it can go find new ones, mm -hmm. right? There are lots of ways we talk about that. But so I want to have a really long conversation about who your existing audience is. Talk to me about your portfolio. How varied are they? How many different types of clients? Do they all fit in a single bucket of some sort that you could bucket them? What do they look like? Who are they today? Who is reaching out to you for questions versus who just sits back and waits for you? How does that work in your relationship? Who are the ones that like, this is the ideal client? That's what I want to get to, whatever that means to you. Then I can figure out how to go find someone like them, but I have to understand and leverage your existing audience first because they're where we have to start. And then after that, you can talk about, you know, audience is the, is the first pillar, but then you can talk about positioning and value proposition and conversion and all of those things. And what do they mean? I call a conversion different than you call a conversion. All of that stuff is semantics. We have to get to the core of what it is you're trying to achieve or no one's ever going to be able to help you. So when somebody jumps in with what's your budget, I always go, nah. or my favorite is when they ask me, how much should I spend? And I go, I don't know. How much should you spend? We're not there yet. You know, we have a lot to do before we figure that out. There's a lot of people will say, well, if you have $500, I would put you on Facebook, but not on LinkedIn, or I would put you in Google and not on YouTube, or I wouldn't put you in an email campaign. I wouldn't put you in a geofencing campaign or television or OTT and CT. none of like, cool. Those are all fancy levers I can pull. I need to know what you're trying to accomplish first. And then I'm going to show you, here's what I think we should do in the first 90 days. Every engagement we have is a 90 day onboarding. And at the end of that time, mm -hmm. I can fire you or you can fire me. Mm -hmm. right? Like we're going to agree to try this for 90 days to see how we work together. And mm -hmm. if we really understand each other's business objectives, and then we'll figure out from there. And that's what I love about what we've done. I mean, we don't lose clients. We've been really blessed. Um, our, our industry experiences somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 65% churn. Yikes. It's a lot. 
That is a and lot. Some people that's monthly. So every time they sign 10 new clients, they lose six. I have the core of my client base has been a client of Excite for 10 plus years. That's crazy. Amazing. And it's not because we're smarter than anybody or we have a better tech stack or whatever. It's about just truly trying to be partners together and mm -hmm. understand your business makes my business better. And what I do for you makes your business better. Mm -hmm. If we can truly get in that reciprocal place where we actually care about each other's business objectives, the levers, the budget, all that shit's going to take care of itself. I love it. I love that a lot, actually. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Questions for you. Um, so how has marketing evolved in the pandemic? How has it evolved? Mm -hmm. Oh, God. In tons of ways, right? Marketing itself, what's interesting that we found in the beginning is that people immediately freaked out. And you had those who wanted to put their head in the sand and stop everything. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, because they were worried people aren't going to come, whatever. Uh, people aren't going to look for me right now. Mm -hmm. The bulk of our clients who made it through and are super successful here almost a year later into the pandemic mm -hmm. are the ones who doubled down. Why? Because when everyone else leaves, what people don't understand about marketing is it's an auction. The costs of your advertising are 100% driven by the people who were there. So you could spend the same or more and get it for less because all the other competition went away. Stay present. Doesn't mean don't do something to hurt your business. I'm not saying if you're about to close your doors, spend $30,000 on marketing, but find a way not to just disappear. Find a way to be creative and not stop marketing. There are people who still need you for what you do. I don't care what industry you're in. Um, so that's, you know, that's evolved. Through the pandemic, a lot of things have been crazy, right? Google and Facebook, for example, for the first time ever, you talk about people being virtual, they were not virtual and never were virtual. They have ultra secure servers that people can only access from the building. Well, search went crazy because no engineers were in the building and no one could work from home. They wouldn't allow VPNs, it wasn't secure. So you weren't getting into anything concrete in the Google search engine or in Facebook's algorithms by working from home, wasn't allowed. They didn't know how to deal with that. So there was a time at the beginning where search behavior got really crazy, right? Because people were typing in things and searching for things that none of us had ever experienced before. There hasn't been a pandemic for 120 plus years. So no one even knew. Um, so that's, that's been crazy, but at the core, marketing evolves all the time. A pandemic's not gonna be the thing that makes it evolve. You know, I mean, marketing's marketing. Um, uh, people innately always have needs. And if you have the solution to their problem and you can understand what that really means to them, mm. you're going to be fine, right? Like imagine me looking for you. We are a 30 plus employee company. I have five partners. Yeah, we need a professional account. I'm going to look. Well, guess what? There's five decision makers. How long is it going to take us to make that decision? And what's important to each of us in hiring a, a, an accountant mm -hmm. is going to be very different. So especially in the B2B world, mm -hmm. you need to understand and uncover all of those things that would be important to people. Mm -hmm. How long is the decision process? How many decision makers? Is the person who does the initial research the one that you'll actually be talking to? Do they know all the answers? All of those things, right? Going back to the, the river rafting example, men might have bought. And the data in analytics said, hey, dads are the ones doing this. I see men, I see their age. Here's, they're the ones putting in their credit cards. 
guess who found him on the Facebook or the Instagram and said, honey, this is what we're doing this weekend. Go book it. So if I were to mark to 35 plus year old dads on Facebook, they're not scrolling through and looking at a cool video of how much fun it would be for their family on the river. You are, and you're telling your husband to book it. Right. So I really have to understand all the nuances of your business, not just these things where we go, my perfect client, um, I'll share one other really quick story that's my favorite. So the Palm Restaurant was a client of ours, big steakhouse. They've since been sold and aren't a client of ours anymore. Um, They're now part of a huge conglomeration. Long story short, great family in New York, love them to death. They have several locations. And so they said, look, our demo, like they'd never done digital ever in their life. They did the cover of Cigar Aficionado magazine. That's where they spent their marketing dollars, right? Because they're like 65-year-old plus super rich, fat white dudes. We want Donald <laughs> Trump. That's who, that's, who our, that's our market, right? We're like, okay, cool. Well, let's, let's look at some of the data. They're like, you can look around the restaurant. This is who's here. Awesome. How'd they get there, right? And what we found out after we attached a bunch of analytics is that the median age on their website was 28 to 35. These were secretaries. These were assistants. These were daughters. These were girlfriends. Like the 65-year-old rich white guys not on the internet making a reservation. It, for was, the- it was their sugar babies. Exactly. <laughs> but once we knew that and we said, you got to trust us. We're going to try this for 90 days. And their reservations soared because we actually found out who was doing business with them and went and found more of them. You know, but a lot of people are blinded by their data because they think they understand who their client is. That doesn't mean they're the ones who made the decision. It doesn't mean they're the ones who initiated the need for this. I, as the business owner, may go, I want to fire, find a new accountant. I don't like mine anymore. I'm probably not the one starting the search. I got other stuff to do, right? I'm doing this. That's for someone else to do and then bring back to me what they found, right? So if, if you're catering to what I you think is important to me, but I'm not the one who's starting the thing, you got to understand how do I talk to that person to make sure I get to Clint to show the value, right? I'm not just a typical accountant. This is my passion. But if I don't get to Clint directly, because the person who reaches out to me isn't Clint, I got to understand the nuances of what's important to them mm-hmm. so that I get a chance to get to Clint. If that makes sense. So That's there's really th- interesting. This whole nuance around audience that most people just don't think about. You know, if I told, if I asked you right now, from the moment I know that I need a new accountant to the moment we have our first meeting when we are, you're now my accountant, how much time does that take? Do any sense? A really long time. Right. People do not leave their accountants. Right. And even, even when I was first starting, we made it two months before we said, no, 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 no. None of us are trying to figure out this QuickBook shit on our own. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known what to look for. And you would have been talking to me, not you personally, but accountants were talking to me like accountants. And I went, you're not getting my business. I, I don't even know what the fuck you're saying. Right. In Greek to me. Right. So you have to understand how can we communicate. Every, use, every person in the world has a need for something. They have this problem they're trying to solve. They have a pain point. If we continue to talk to them the way we talk, they're not going to get it. It's my favorite thing with doctors and, and lawyers that I have for clients. Their whole websites are all this procedure and blah, 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 this thing to fix this thing. And guess what? I don't know shit about the procedure. I know I have this symptom. Somebody fix it. I don't know that this symptom equals Yeah. I, I was actually looking for a specific procedure 
that I know dentists do and I can't find it because I don't understand because they've like rebranded it. So I'm just like, does that mean you do this thing I'm looking for? Right. I don't even know where to start here. (laughs) And it's, it's really funny how people, so you just have to get in the mind of who it is. What are your business subject? Going back to what I started, what's your business, right? Your business objective could be, I want to grow by 20% this year. Okay. But what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Is there a particular type of client? You want five more businesses that have between 10 and 12 employees, or you want two businesses that have a hundred plus, right? Like understanding that and now going back and understanding what's their process going to be. An assistant's going to start. They're going to do some research. They're going to say, here's a list of three people I talked to that I kind of like. Then that person's going to go on your website. This could take six months. Well, how the hell do I stay? Okay, so maybe I ran a pay-per-click ad that got me in front of the girl the first time, but how am I ensuring that I'm still in the battle for the next six months as they're going to 17 other websites? That's what's important. Mm-hmm. So really understanding your buyer's journey. What are they going to do to become a client? Sometimes it's quick. If it's two o'clock in the morning and my toilet's overflowing and I got a screaming kid, I'm not spending four hours to research plumbers. What's important to me? Who can cool. get in the next hour who's at the top and who can get here the fastest right it's why people in the old days would put you know magnets and double truck ads in the yellow pages because in a moment of need i that's all i care about but not all of us are lucky enough to have businesses where it's like that right so now it's just about paying to be at the top because it's immediate need that i don't care but as consumers even that is shifting for us if it's not an emergency and now that that thing has been fixed for now, but I need to actually fix the bigger problem. Same thing. I want to know what my friends think about you. I'm going to know what reviews are out there. Like the world of us using the internet, like the yellow pages, plumber, Denver, first guy, click and call are gone. No one does that anymore. And the way we visualize that with our clients a lot is in the old days, old days in internet times, five years ago, it's like dog years. I say two years in internet time and it feels like 40 but in 30 seconds, it's two years already. So, <laughs> but it literally was pay-per-click was what was called bottom of the funnel, right? It was in the geek marketing terms. It was a last click thing. I, if I was on Google and typed something in, it was going to be the thing that made me call. That was it. I might've got referred somewhere else. And then you told me the name of a company and I typed it in. Well, what gets credit? you referring me to go look it up on Google, but the marketing company saying Google's the one who did it, right? That argument's age old. But now what we're seeing is this shift where when you're measuring your conversions, we call them different things, micro conversions, macro conversions, little snacks along the way that tell you this is somebody that I should be trying to follow up with. Um, pay-per-click is becoming a, an assist. So we talk about assisted conversions. And drastically people find you in pay-per-click, but it's not where they're finally making the decision. Because I might've found you there when I searched for my need, just like you were looking for this procedure. But that search is now going to take you on a rabbit hole where this procedure name has changed, or maybe there's only a few people who do it. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do, you're going to be looking at blogs because maybe they don't actually say the procedure on their services page anymore, right? And so there's this big, long process. And what actually gets you there at the end is going to be your unique buyer journey. That customer journey is what we have to uncover if any marketing is going to work. 
That's really interesting. Like, what's your budget? Cool. Let's put you on Facebook. Do you have a cool um, logo and a video for your company? All right. We're going to put that in, plugged it in. I picked an audience of business owners in Denver with 30 employees and, and plus, and let's, uh, let's see how it goes. Right. We've missed so much of the conversation already. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, we'll just go back to the, the procedure search, right? So there's a website for people who are trained in this procedure and there's um, like a list for like the local people, but you can't click on them. So I had to go Google them all. Half of them aren't even, I can't even find, <laughs> right? And the ones that I could find, I'm like scrolling through the websites and I'm confused if they even do this procedure. Yeah. And, and, and I just gave up. <laughs> right? They probably aren't aware that people are actually even wanting it, so they don't care. They're just not aware of what are you doing? Like, if you do this procedure and you're licensed, then why are you not talking about it? Well, I don't want it. Okay, cool. That's an option. Mm-hmm. But did you know that you were listed on the company who does the procedures website? Maybe you should ask them to take it off if you don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? Just so many things, this ripple in the pond. It's like, I always talk about the customer journey when you need something, anything, drop it in the pond and just watch what happens, right? Because your need is going to affect so many things. And as a marketer and a business owner, I need to be aware of all of them. It's really interesting. I'm actually thinking about the last two clients that came to us um, that signed up, just, just signed up. Yeah. Um, they were both found, I, I talked to the husband in both, in both situations, um, the wives are involved in the businesses, but the wives found us. <laughs> yep. And you just had me thinking about, I find these, I think it's the type, type A women generally are, are, you know, that's, that's who we go after, but it's also who finds us. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. You got me, you got my wheels turning right now. <laughs> well, and what's funny about that is if that's the case, this isn't just about a marketing lever. Yeah. The content on your website needs to be speaking to them. Mm-hmm. It can't be generic. It can't be, it can't be fluff. It can't be, I haven't even looked at your website, so I'm not critiquing it. Don't take it personal. I'm not. <laughs> you have to tailor your content to who it is because they're going to find you whatever way you market. What I tell my clients is we cannot think of our marketing budgets in the silo. So don't tell me that we're going to spend, you need to spend 500 on Facebook and a thousand on Google, or don't expect me to tell you that. What I'm going to tell you is, this is the audience you want. I think it's going to get, I think we're going to try it and the data will tell us, but I think we should be able to find them for three grand a month. I don't know where. I don't care what lever I pull. I'm going to try Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Google, whatever it is. We're going to do video. We're going to see how they respond. But that means I have to talk to you about content on your site. I have to talk to you about things like colors, calls to action, right? A type A personality and a woman are going to react very differently than a type B man. Mm -hmm. So we have to really rethink the words that we're using to describe what we do for people, right? And and it's not, we're not perfect at it. I'm now on my about 700th iteration of our site that I'm about to relaunch. But even if you look at our site, we talk a lot about partnership. We talk a lot about the nuances of marketing and audiences and how we need to be partners. I try really hard to go, if you think we're an agency is going to be like, oh, here's my budget. Here's the thing. Take care of it for me and just let me know it's working. I've tried to make it pretty apparent in our website that that's just not us, right? And that's something we work at all the time as we learn more and as we do more things. It's much more than about, ooh, I'm going to do a mailer. Who's going to design a pretty mailer for me? Cool. Well, they're going to look on your reviews. They're going to look at you on Facebook. They're going to look at what you're saying on your website. 
is the target audience reflected everywhere or have we forgotten it in some places and the lever we pulled, we targeted them and then they got to our website and we completely turned them off or vice versa. Mm -hmm. The marketing we sent out didn't match and they would have absolutely loved to be on our website, but they didn't even click. Oh man. See, there's just so much. <laughs> there is, but that's what I like I laughed when you said that in the beginning. I still don't know what you guys do. Listen, it's not any different than it's ever been. The levers I pull might be different, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, marketing is a megaphone for you to get more business. Mm -hmm. Like I said, our mission starts with Excite's purpose is to create a customer. That's it. But that customer I further define as who we want to do business with. Mm -hmm. How does that work? I want to be the David against Goliath for your business. So that means we have to be surgical sometimes and we have to be more creative and we can only do that if I really understand what it is you want to do and tell you, Jamie, that's perfect. We got to start over on your website, <laughs> right? Or no, we can't run ads on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Your audience, if, or we can run ads on Facebook, but your audience, we have to make a video and it's got to be badass and it's got to be 18 seconds long. Mm -hmm. People have a hard time and go, I don't know where I'm going to get that creative. What does that look like? Right. I, I, uh, yeah, Yelp made a video for me. Can you use that? No. <laughs> I love that. It's, um, not, right? it's just not complex. No, I, I love that because, you know, I, I get the phone calls too, or it's just like, okay, so I want, <laughs> I need an S-Corp tax return. I need to be an S-Corp and, um, I need you to, 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 to do, to do that and my returns. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> For what reason <laughs> do you want to be a an escort? Oh, because okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're you a five. We're a five partner LLC. Somebody told me I should be an escort. Uh, can you do that for us? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Let's talk about what your business is right now first. Right, but 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 why? <laughs> right. Well, and that's what's funny. It happens a lot with doctors, lawyers, and accountants. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people view their relationship with you as one-sided and you should be an order taker. You're yeah, transactional. Here's what I need. You're transactional, right? So right away, we know that that's not who's going to be perfect client for Jamie. We got to go find people who aren't that. If we're attracting those people, we're wasting time, energy, money, everything else. Mm -hmm. I actually added an FAQ to our new website. It's like, but do you mm -hmm. just, can we just do tax returns? And it literally just says no. Yeah. One of the things that would be fun for you to do is like, I challenge clients to do this all the time. Don't make it crazy. Mm -hmm. Don't overthink it. Do what you're doing in your podcast right now. Just record yourself. Yeah. But take the 10 questions that you would want to kill if someone asked you, right? Put those out there on Facebook. Yeah. Make them no longer than 15 seconds. Answer it quickly. But that's the kind of snackable content people love. And the person who finds that goes, oh, thank God. That's the type of accountant I want. You know what I mean? Yeah show your personality. It's going to show exactly what you don't want, but make a list of 10 to 15 FAQs that you could record an answer to in 10 seconds. Throw a little text of what the question is on the bottom and call it a day. It doesn't need production. People don't care about that, but they care about the content, right? You need to look like it was filmed for HDTV. <laughs> a lot of our video looks like that, actually. <laughs> real life, folks. <laughs> you do get real life, too. Like, I don't know if you, my son was here like looking at me and then he was going out the door and then because we're talking about Google, she, she wanted to know if I needed anything. That's awesome. 
All right. Um, before I ask my last question, what is the easiest way for people to find you? Oh, gosh. However they want, really. <laughs> Go to the Google box. Uh, our website is theexcitegroup.com. Um, and even if you're not looking for an agency, it isn't a sales pitch, but we post a lot of great content on our blog. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good thought leaders here that just, just talk about the new things coming out. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say that that would be probably the easiest, but we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram oh, everywhere. Are you on the TikTok though? Not on the TikTok. <laughs> I like to call it the TikTok. Right. The TikTok. I like to show my age when I talk about TikTok. <laughs> my kids, I, I can't because my kids won't put it down. It drives me insane. I mean, there is a place for it, certainly. There's not a place for me on TikTok. You know, it's, I'm more of a clubhouse guy. They don't have an Android app yet. I know. But you get to being an Android user, I guess. <laughs> They're working on it. Look at there. We actually started with uh, uh, Apple for a reason. First of all, it's a little easier SDK, but it's a lot harder to get an app approved. And with all the changes in iOS and all the new privacy stuff, they figured, you know what? We may as well take the long road first. And if we get through that, the rest will be easy. Yeah. So it's a smart decision to do it. And hopefully it won't piss too many Android users off for too long. We're I, used to it. I think it's a, I think it's an incredible idea. Um, I don't know how scalable it is right now, but I've said that about every social media platform, but I'm absolutely intrigued. Um, I have some colleagues on TikTok there and they're killing it. For Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. When I got on, I didn't put it down for two days straight. It's addicting. <laughs> it's like doing this. It's being in a miniature podcast anytime you want. You jump into a discussion and start talking. You can participate or you can just listen. And all these topics are listed. Each room has a topic and you go into the room and you can listen. It's all audio. You don't have any visual. Just put your headphones on. I was mesmerized. That's really cool. Everything from, you know, stuff you'd never want your kids to hear to business people and to marketing and to entrepreneurs. But it's fascinating. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have some I have some colleagues that are just killing it on TikTok and now they're on Clubhouse. Yeah. And I'm just excited to see, you know, like how that works for them. Yeah. Um I'm like excited for them. And I was just like let them try these things out. <laughs> I'm like, I have a podcast. <laughs> That's as far as I can go right now. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. All right. So I think you already kind of answered this before, but I want just like a final answer question. Um, what is the one place um, or one channel most business owners miss out on in their marketing? Asking a channel question. Yeah, that's not only the channel question, but like what, what are most, I think you answered this, but what are most business owners really missing when it comes to their marketing? So that's what, that was my response. Asking oh. the channel question. <laughs> yeah, asking the channel question. But also I think you already answered it, which is who are your actual buyers? Yeah, well, I think it's really just understanding first. Most people know that they need to do marketing. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised how many big businesses. A lot of people are like, ah, it's a challenge for small business. They wear so many hats. No, gigantic businesses with teams of marketing departments have the same problem. They know they need to market, but beyond that, they don't know why. They don't know. They're In bigger companies, their problems is they're siloed. 
PR is siloed from social, is siloed from content, is siloed from marketing, is siloed from sales, is siloed from biz dev. So biz dev has its goals that are trickled down through all these silos in different ways, but no one really understands what's the goal, right? So I think that is the first, is like under truly understand what your business objective is. Don't say more revenue. Don't say more clients. Be very specific in your business plan. What are you really trying to accomplish this year, this quarter, this month? And it doesn't have to be grandiose, but it has to be specific because that's the only way you're going to be successful. And by the way, know if it worked. If I'm broad and I say, I want more customers, I go, great. Well, we may start getting out there, but are we really going to know what worked? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Right. And with the way attribution works today, we shouldn't care. We should say, here's my marketing budget. Here's my revenue growth. Don't silo things and go, Facebook didn't report any conversions this month. Guess what, folks? None of us buy on Facebook, right? Very few of us click an ad and actually make the decision right there on Facebook. My wife is the queen for saving things. She sees something she likes or a video she thinks is interesting that she wants to share. She saves it, DMs me, sends it to her friends, whatever. But none of us are making that buying decision right then. So if we try to hold Facebook as a channel accountable for something that I would expect out of a phone book, if I paid this much money a month and I have a metered phone line, I expect so many number of phone calls. It's not work. It doesn't work that way. If I drove it on Facebook, they may have come back and did an organic search and checked your reviews. And by the time they make their decision, what's going to show up in your analytics account? Direct. They've been to your website a hundred times now. They know what it is. They're going to go there and go, all right, now I'm ready to reach out to Jamie. And you're going to go, the hell am I marketing for? Everyone's coming to my website directly and booking anyway. So what the hell? Yeah, except if we weren't doing all these other things, they would have never came there. So you if, just- um, I hadn't done the Facebook ad and then clicked on it and then not finished my purchase. And then you didn't send me the, the 10 emails to let me know my cart still has stuff in it. And oh, by the way, here's a discount code for 10% off. Oh, three days have gone by. How about 20? Uh-huh. Yeah. So usually I wait. All of us. We all know that's what's happening. It's a dumb marketing game. But really, the short answer to your question is really understand what you're trying to accomplish and who it is you're trying to go after, right? Not demographics, not, oh, I've created personas. Sally Homemaker is 40 to 50, and she likes this, and she typically talks about this, and she hangs out on Facebook. That's one personality I want to go after. Like, that's those personas are great, but they don't tell me the picture of who you're really trying to go after. What's the relationship that you have with them? What's the relationship they have with the people who may make the decision to choose you as a client? Mm-hmm. All of those things are so important and you have to, not all of us are going to think about those on our own, but what I would suggest is whenever you have a, a marketing partnership is that those conversations are the first thing you talk about, right? Those should lead into everything because we may have to talk about website content. We may have to talk about all sorts of things before I just say, sweet, give me $5,000. I'm starting a pay-per-click campaign. Why? For what? What are we doing? What happens? Cool. I can get clicks to your website. If I get the wrong clicks and they don't like the content on your site or it's hard to convert or you don't want phone calls and the phone number is prominent at the top, we're not going to make each other happy. Right? So those conversations, that would be what I would suggest is those conversations need to happen with a good partner that can help put those things in front of you and have, have you answer some tough questions. Yeah. It's make like you- what, what we do on this end. Make you in the mirror. Same thing you do, right? Yeah. Like my taxes and yes, I'm an LLC right now, but I, I want to be an S corp. Someone told me I should be. And uh, I need my taxes done by the end of the quarter. You're going to go, cool. 
we I got a lot of questions to ask before we get started with anything. Right. Yeah. It's uh, why. What are you trying to do? Where do you want to go? Oh, you want tax savings, and that's why you think you should be an escort. Okay. Well, let's look at everything. <laughs> Someone told me I was going to save more money if I was an escort. You know. So that's how all of it works. Doesn't matter what industry you. We do it as consumers every day. And the scary thing for me, I guess, is that I'll end with. As consumers, you know, we're faced every day with ads back in the day that did not match our needs, right? Today, things are getting better. They're not where I think they should be, but things are getting a little more personalized, right? Like, I'm not seeing nail salon ads all over my Facebook feed, right? I'm just not. I still want to know why why I get the rent the jet ones, though. Yeah, well, that's a shitty marketing company. And I only say that in jest because I have a client who does exactly that. And we laugh about how they've failed a million times in trying to grow their business because people were doing exactly that. And what we've done, a geofence, private airports where other, their other competitors rent jets. Because you don't just rent a jet once. Those people, they don't want to travel commercially, especially with COVID, but they have the money and they still need to travel. So go geofence the small airports that your competitors are flying out of. That's who your customer is. That's where we're going. I'm not running Facebook ads. I'm not running, well, my audience is, you know, 100,000 plus, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't care. We're not running it on those platforms. It's not right. Let's go to where they are. That works for that company. So anyway, my point is we're, we all see ads that don't match our needs all day, but they're way better than they were five years ago, right? I mean, I always laugh, it's a silly joke, but I can't tell you how many Tampax ads I got on Facebook back in the day when Tampax first started running tampon commercials and all this stuff filled my feed. Like, do you understand? But that's because we didn't understand ad personalization and understanding who our audience is. The thing that's crazy is that, you know, poorly timed ads or they're showing products I don't want, all of those things. The scary thing is it's going back with all the government stuff, don't care what side of the aisle or fence you sit on, we've swung the privacy thing way too far the other way. Mm -hmm. And I 14 is gonna break a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's sad because now we're gonna have to go back to broad ads. It's sad for marketing, but I think it's even more sad for the consumer. You're gonna be flooded, guess what? Marketing never can go away. Facebook's a free platform. You wanna be on Facebook, they gotta pay for it somehow. So instead of us trying to show you ads that we think you should be seeing, even if they're wrong, you're now going to get a flood of stuff that isn't applicable at all. It's going to make it really, really tough. And they'll figure it out because platforms like Google and, and, and Facebook, it's the only way they make money is their advertising. So there will be a solution, but it's like we swung the pendulum so far back the other way, it's going to take a while to recorrect. Hmm. Because with iOS 14, basically what, what Facebook has, or Apple has done with zero knowledge about advertising, by the way, has made their own decisions about privacy and said, you can't use anything that you use now. Like today, you could go in and target women, this age, this income. Yes, that's part of finding an audience, but that's going to go away. You're not going to be able to tell what campaigns converted for you. They're delaying, aggregating, and anonymizing all of the data. So all of these great things that help us get to a place to find your audience 
are gone and only because Apple said so. <laughs> and it's part of driven by the Colorado California Privacy Act and all sorts of other legislation. The problem isn't that I think Apple's a bad guy. I think it's that they should have got together with all big tech and came up with an industry standard. Since they didn't, Facebook is doing its own solve. Google's going to have to create its own solve. So now as marketers and business owners, we're going to have to try to navigate what do each of your things mean to all of us? Because what's going to happen when Apple turns it on? Every app on your phone, Google, Facebook, everything in an iOS. And Google's is coming too, by the way. It just isn't here as fast as Apple's. Every time you open an app, it's going to say, this app is trying to track you. Will you allow tracking or do you want to block it? And before you can even get into the app, you have to make a choice. Well, who's going to say yes? Right? We haven't done no education about what that means. It should be education, technology, and collaboration. That's how privacy should be addressed. The consumer goes, don't use my shit and I don't want you to know anything about me. Great. You understand that. Me knowing about you doesn't mean I know Jamie. It means I'm trying to tailor an ad experience to things you like. You already clicked on these things. These are your friends. That's all I care about. I'm not seeing who your friends are. I don't know your phone number. I don't know, I don't know where you are. I don't know your name. But I do know some things about you. But instead, instead of educating, we fly the other way and go, oh, no, God, they're tracking me. I'm going to put a tinfoil hat on and no one can see me and find me. And then I just go, oh, we've just done no education and no collaboration on figuring out how consumers can feel protected, but understand that the reason this is happening is so they get better ad results and better tailored. I mean, imagine if you sat and watched TV which most people don't do anymore. That's broadcast fault. But you will sit down and watch a broadcast television show mm -hmm. and you would not see commercials for shit you didn't care about. Right now that can't happen, right? They're big money and Ford puts a commercial in front of you whether you've hated Ford your whole life or not. Imagine if you could get commercials that at least you cared about. My favorite is, are you looking at the Kia Telluride? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> it might have been. Might have. But that's the sad thing is that with some of this privacy stuff, that's going to go back and go away. So we have to be more creative. And that makes it even more important that we together mm -hmm. understand who you're trying to go after and what their journey looks like. Okay. Because I'm not going to be able to go find them as easily as I would before. The lazy way was going demographically, right? Okay. You tell me the women are making the decision. They're probably 40 plus. They're business owners. Um, and they probably are in this income range. We're probably going to hit, you know. It's a shotgun, but I'm going to hit a few of them. Mm. I can't do that now. I have to look a lot more at behaviors. We have to be a lot more creative about how we're doing it, the kinds of content we're creating, and how we're following them around. Yeah. Not as going to be easy as it was before where I can, like you said, give you that email that says, uh, you still have items in your cart. And then it's going to go from 10 to 20. And you know, if you wait three weeks, it'll be at 25 or 30%. So I don't need it right now. I'll just wait. Just not going to be able to do that. The marketing is gone. They can't. Facebook's not allowing those custom audiences to be collected the same way. And mm -hmm. because they'll be delayed, right? That's going to screw with their timing of when they send you these emails. Because literally, right now, that act, that that information is available immediately, right? Real time. I can know that you were just on my Facebook page, saw my ad, clicked through, and went to my website, and I can dump you in to follow you around. Mm -hmm. Now that is going to be a minimum of a three-day wait before. Apple even gives Facebook that data back. It's not Apple to me, the business owner. It's because the Facebook app is on Apple. So all of the data for Facebook is going to be stored in that activity through Apple. And three days later, they'll get it. And now, okay, I have clients who three days is the longest we keep people on a remarketing list because they've already made a decision by then. 
that screws those people. That we've already lost the opportunity. So remarket is not a thing. If that if now that arm is taken away from me, what else do I do? There's lots, but we have to know it. So, mm. wow, that's really interesting. It's just it's it's kind of like all this tax legislation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we can talk. Yeah, like I said, you're gonna have editing hell on this one. Sorry. No, it's fine. We're good. <laughs> Get this thing to 20 minutes, will you? That damn talk for two hours. Jesus. You're good. Thank you so much. Better than myself. I know what a nightmare that is. I'm like, <laughs> my episode's 30 minutes. I have two and a half hours of shit I have to go through. It's not my problem. I just right. upload it. He'll handle it. <laughs> Your job. It's not my problem. <laughs> Thank you so much, Clint. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a kick. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.